everyone, Dr. Axe here. Welcome to the show. This week I have actually a close friend of mine on, Ken Coleman. Ken is America's career coach. He's a nationally syndicated host of The Ken Coleman Show and author of the book From Paycheck to Purpose. And one of the reasons I wanted to have Ken on here is that I have found over time there are certain root causes, right? So on the show, we always talk about what's the root cause of disease. You know, we talk a lot about Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, biblical medicine, and how there are different things that actually cause us to be sick in our life in our marriages, in our health, in these different areas. And one of those things that I found, and I think Ken has and can speak to this as well is, and by the way, there are there is some data on this in terms of studies. If somebody is unhappy with their work life and not living a life of purpose, it actually can cause anxiety, depression, lack of excitement, it can ruin marriages, increase. So all kinds of issues. So today I brought my friend Ken on to talk about how to have a, a, a live a purpose-driven life in terms of your work life and your business. So I know it's a little bit of a different topic today, but I think you're going to love it and get crazy value from it, both in your health and your personal life. Ken, hey, welcome to the show. Josh, good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, again, I know you and I have known each other for several years, and I'm such a big fan of your work. In fact, for myself in the, in the business that I've grown in my ancient nutrition business, I've listened to your podcast. I've you know read some of your books. I followed your advice, and it's allowed me to see success, more success in my business and personal life. So I wanted to give that first off that personal testimony. Um, but first off, tell me you have a new book. It just recently came out, and it's called "From Paycheck to Paycheck." Tell me about that book, and also how can it help people you know improve their life. So I love the title from paycheck to purpose because it addresses the two emotions around work, Josh, and you know this so well as a leader. And that is, is that we first work uh, to provide, right? So provision is the paycheck. And then we all want to make a difference in this world. That's the contribution. And so that's purpose. So we chose those words very intentionally because the worldview of work, the predominant worldview of work is that I work to live. So it is all paycheck focused. I have to go to work. It's like a four letter word. And I work to make a paycheck so that I can then pay for my basic necessities. And if there's a little bit left over, I can make some memories and maybe save enough to retire peacefully. Right. And the reality is, as you know, this is that we were created to work. Genesis chapter two, it makes it really obvious that the creator himself creates us to then further create. And so when we look at work as a contribution, it changes the psychology. If I said to somebody on the street, uh, you were created to work, they're going to look at me like I've got about eight eyes. But if I said you were created to contribute to make this world a better place, I think the reception to that sentence is so much greater. And the reason is because we all long to make a difference. Here's how we know this. If everybody's listening and watching right now, ask yourself if anybody ever had to tell you to lay awake at night or in a quiet place, or behind the wheel of a car, ask yourself, why am I here? What should I do with my life? Nobody has to teach us that. Where does that come from? It comes from this thing implanted in us, our soul, that we long to make a difference. We long to create to make the world better. So we start with the premise there that work is something we were created to do. So if that's true, then there's probably something specific that we were created to do as it relates to work. And so that's how I open up every show on The Ken Coleman Show. You were created to fill a unique role. You are needed. You must do it. So there's intention. 
and then there's duty. Like, I've got to show up because my work is not about me. It's about those that I help by giving myself away. So that's the premise. And we're really trying to help people see that. And when you can see work that way, you go, oh, I really don't want to work for a paycheck. I want to work on purpose. You know, first off, I love that you brought up you know, the, that, that part in Genesis. And I think a lot of times people think like, you know, I'm going to work. It's this thing I have to slave away and do. And then I, I can't wait to retire and I can't wait for the weekend when in fact, really God designed us to, we should have, our work should be part of our purpose in life. Yes. And so I think of that word purpose. And I think your book does such a good job with this. By the way, there are medical studies showing that if somebody is not living a life of purpose, it negatively affects their health. No it actually question. decreases lifespan if somebody doesn't have purpose and that, 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 that correct outlook. So no, all this stuff we're talking about here, this literally can increase the, your quality of life and your lifespan, which is amazing. You know, one of the things that I hear, and I've done some business coaching over the years too, uh, Ken, and I know you have, but a lot of times I think people, they lack clarity. You know, a lot of times people, I think people, for, for one, I think some people are looking for their dream job. Some people aren't even looking because they don't think that's actually even a reality. But one of the things I love that you talk about in your book is that really th there are ways to know. There are three specific ways to know, yep. you, know, you know, if this is your dream job. That's exactly right. So we look at what we already know about ourselves or we've yet to uncover. So we know that everybody comes into this world with talent. You just have talent. Now, you will mold that talent and can mold that talent into a sharpened skill. So think of talent as a ball of clay. And just like the potter applies pressure with water in the hands, we turn that clay into something that's very, very usable. Well, that's what you have as it relates to talent. Everybody knows this. We talk about hard skills and soft skills. It, really, I don't like the word, the phrase soft skills. I like people skills. And so we all have talent. So that's what you do best. The second indicator, Josh, is what do I love to do? Now, we all love some type of a work, a, a task, a function, a role that we play. We get excited thinking about it. We get so excited when we do it that we lose track of time. This is not a mystery oh, to anybody. Yeah. And then the third indicator is mission. Now, all work creates results. So to ultimately be on purpose, we've got to match up mission results that we want to create in the world with the work we do. So I'll give you an example from my background. When I first started into broadcasting, Josh, I thought that it was going to be sports broadcasting. So I got into that and I began to get some traction there. And I still love sports. Uh, you know this. I love to talk sports. I could talk sports all day long. However, when I began to get into it, I realized that the work of broadcasting, of communicating, uh, was what I loved. But the results of that work was less about entertainment, which is what sports talk is. There's nothing wrong with it, by the way. But I was more interested in equipping and encouraging. And so thus, that's the track that I'm on now. Yes, I'm in talk radio. Yes, I'm on YouTube, podcasts, everything. But I am broadcasting to equip and encourage people. So all three of them together, quick review, talent, what I do best, passion, work I love to do, mission, results that I want to produce in the world. So when they all come together, so we get clear by looking at those indicators, and then we put them together. And your purpose, no matter who you are, this is what it is, to use what you do best, to do work you love, to produce results that matter deeply to you. You want to talk about health? You want to talk about mental health and emotional health on Sunday night when you're excited about the week ahead? Uh, during the day, how about when you're spending 80% of your day doing something that you're actually really talented? 
that. There's no frustration there. You're in the zone. Uh, and when you're driving home, there's tremendous significance and satisfaction that you feel. Let me tell you something. You want to watch your emotional and mental health improve and drag your, your physical health with it? Now, let's flip that. 90,000 hours, Josh, is what the average American will spend at work in their lifetime. Wow. 90,000 hours. All right, that's mind-boggling. Well, you think about it, if you're going to spend as much time as we spend at work and there's no meaning, you don't even have to be miserable. But some people are in toxic work environments doing something they hate. Let me tell you something. You know this. The, the hypertension the uh, emotional baggage, which then turns into overeating, right? And then we try to medicate with eating, and then boom, we're right back in Dr. Axland here, right? And so sometimes the very source of our poor eating habits is that we're not at peace. We're not, we're not in our purpose, and we're trying yeah. to medicate. Yeah, it's a great point. I want to encourage everybody. So, so uh, as Ken's talking about here, your talent and by the way, in his book, he's got, and by the way, Ken has some great quizzes that you can take to find out and find these things. And he covers this in his book, but your talent, your passion, your mission, helping you discover those. But it is so big as he's talking about for, uh, for you to love your work. Every, I really, truly believe that God created all of us. And I know you do as well, Ken, we should all love our jobs. We should love, not to say you don't go through trials and certain things right. are hard and you don't, but I think overall we should look back or you should look at your job and say, you know what? I really love what I do and I'm good at it. It's, it's what I've been called to do. I'm making a difference in the world. I love that. You know, one of the things I think we're seeing now more than ever, Ken, is people want to change jobs. There's a lot of, there are a lot of people who are in, and by the way, it makes me think of this. I, th I think even years ago when I was studying to become a nutritionist and chiropractor and doctor of natural medicine, I was in school and I remember there was a guy and his, actually his name was Ken and he was a pharmacist. He was 60 years old and he was going back in school because he found in school, he said, I've been giving out all these drugs as a pharmacist and he stumbled across nutrition and, and, and all this stuff. And he said, I want to go back and learn about this. And so he was changing his career in his sixties yep. actually. And he went to school with his, uh, actually, this is kind of crazy. He went to school with his son. So they were wow. going to school together, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. All that being said, you know, I think about like, he did that at 60 and said, mm -hmm. I'm going to make a complete career change because I've, after this life wisdom and realizing it's that important yeah. that I do what I love from 60 to a hundred years or however, you know, he wants to live. So all that being said, I think though, when a lot of people think about changing their career, I think they, they see this obstacle of, oh, this is going to take years. Nobody will hire me. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for people who are in that position who are like, you know what? I, I actually have something I know I'm more passionate about, but yeah. it just seems like this, these unbelievable barriers for me to get there. Yeah. So the number one barrier that you're talking about is the unknown. So we know that we're not happy where we are, right? It's got physical, emotional uh, effects on our body. We're not happy and we long to do something else and we have a pretty good idea, but then all of a sudden we sit there and it's like looking at a mountain for the first time, a big giant mountain, and you're going, I wanna climb that mountain. And after you figure out you wanna climb the mountain, the reality hits, how in the world am I gonna climb the mountain? Then it gets really scary and you don't know how to climb a mountain. So what do you do? If you were going to go climb a mountain, what would you do? You'd go, okay, I got to go figure out how in the world I'm going to get up this. And you're going to come up with a plan. And so here are four qualifying questions that anybody can ask and answer. And all of a sudden it makes the insurmountable scary climb less scary. And here's why. 
knowledge is the greatest antidote to fear. Fear of the unknown is what cripples so many people. So what you do is you ask, okay, what do I need to learn? This is the education question. Let's use this example, the, the, the pharmacist. He, he decides, I want to go into the nutritional side of things. And, and then he goes, okay, well, what is it that I need to learn to get qualified to be able to do this, right? And so you make that determination. Now, quick little asterisk here. Now more than ever in 2021, Josh, you know this with the online prowess that you have, that we can get educated now easier and faster, more affordable than ever before. It doesn't always require a four-year degree. Now, there are certain jobs that do, but I'm going to ask myself, what do I need to learn? Do I need a four-year degree? Do I need a graduate level degree? Or do I just need some online training or certifications? That's the education question. What do I need to learn? Second question. What do I need to do? What's the experience that I'm going to need? At some point, we move from education to experience, and we've got to get on the ladder, if you will. Now, very few times do we ever step midway up the ladder, or certainly way up the ladder. So we're going to have to get in, and we got to figure out, what experience am I going to need to get in and then be able to climb up? That's the experience question. What do I need to do? Third question is, what is this going to cost me? So this is, this is a biggie. So once we know what we've got to learn and what we've got to do, then we say, what's the cost of that financially? And here's why we do that. We look at our financial reality and we go, oh, I'm going to have to cash flow my way through this, or I'm going to have to save up to be able to do this. And so that's going to take me X amount of months or X amount of years. So what seemed insurmountable at first, you get to this stage and you go, well, I bust it. I can do this in 24 months or 36 months. I can see the end of the tunnel. That's huge. And that leads to the fourth question, and that is the expectation question. How long is this going to take? I know how much it's going to cost. Now I know how much it's going to, how long it's going to take. And so here's what happens. Now all of a sudden I've got the foundation of a plan. And now I'm not sitting there looking at the mountain just going, oh my gosh, it's going to be so hard to climb. It's going to be almost impossible. No, I've got to learn this. I've got to do this. It's going to cost me this much. And as a result, it's going to take me this long. I got myself a plan. And now all of a sudden, the most gripping fear that we humans face, the fear of the unknown, is now able to be overcome. I love that. It's so good because I, I think too, you know, there's a there's somebody I recently met with at True Food Kitchen. We sat down and he's a guy, he's 31. And he uh, thought he was going to be able to go into the Marine, uh, the, the, uh, be a Navy SEAL. But because of his age, they just sort of cut it off. And so he like he had thought, this is it. This is what I've committed my. And so I sat down with him. And I think he feels like, and, and listen, when somebody's quite a bit older, they're like, dude, you're 31. But all that being said, he feels like I'm so far behind because he's got some buddies from college and all, you know, and thinking about I am so, so far behind. But I love what you're saying. If you think of it like this, let's say it's two years. Listen, if you just put two years in, and, and you know the plan, you know the caution, you work hard for those two years, you're 33, then you, it's not that long in the grand scheme no. of things. And you may even love, if it's something you, you love, you're going to love learning about it. So no question. And, and everybody always says, I want to go back to school, right? <laughs> you know, I want to yeah, go back. To, right. Right. And by the way, I want to mention this. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, but you'll be surprised at how transferable a lot of your existing experience can be in certain industries. So the only caution I would say to folks is those four questions are going to guide you. So just take the questions and go get answers. However, be open to the reality that, wait a second, the world has changed. And there are a lot of big time companies that are willing to train me on the job. Yeah. And so it's just something to think about. Don't assume that it's going to take me years 
and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Do your homework. And, and one other little caveat while I'm preaching on this. Uh, there are no studies anywhere, Josh, that prove that the name brand of your school has anything to do with your career success. Well, so I'm not, let me, not let, me stop, let, let me stop you, Ken, because I can tell you this, because we hire, you know, we've got between my businesses, well over 200 employees. Like we, yeah. I have never one time, if, whether somebody goes to Harvard or somebody goes to yes. Edison Community College. <laughs> That's right. We don't care. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, employers care about one thing. This is all they care about. I'm going to blow everybody's mind with this. This is so simple. It's going to blow your mind. The only thing that an employer cares about, a hiring manager cares about, is can you help them win? Yeah. It's like, I always look for, are you hungry and are you humble? Right? Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. you're willing to work. You're coachable. You're, yeah. let's go. Yeah. I they'll train it. you. Uh, and by the way, we're seeing Google do this. Uh, a lot of big companies are beginning to create their own training programs because the reality is they're seeing that the traditional four-year college, and I'm not knocking it at all, but it's not really qualifying young talent. Well, and if you're so, not going to knock it, then I'm going to go, I'll go ahead and do it for you. <laughs> well, I knock it enough. You know, I'm trying to give it a break. You know me. I, you see me on Instagram getting killed all the time because I dare to question that higher education is the best way anymore. It is for certain. Like, like right now, if you're going to be a doctor, or a lawyer, or a physicist, you got to go to higher ed. You just do. What's so interesting, if you actually look at the background of our education, the way we educate today in yep. the system, it, it's not what was most successful through history. If you look at both the you know ancient Hebrew way of learning of Jesus, yep. and it, it was all it was mentorship. Yes. It, it's like you're being mentored by somebody, but even Socrates and Plato and all the Greek, it was the same thing. And so anyways, I, we could both go off on tangents. Oh, there. Yeah. We'll keep I'm with you hundred yeah. percent. All that being said, it's something for everybody to remember as Ken's talking about is there are so many opportunities today. And if you go in prepared, and by the way, if you know someone else who you're listening to this and maybe you're thinking, oh, I know a friend or I've got a family member, they need to hear this. You know, I, one of the things I'm constantly doing, Ken, is giving out books. So when I know actually this guy I'm talking about, I'm giving him your book because I know it's going to add such great value to his life. So if you know somebody and it's yourself or somebody else who needs to hear this, I want to encourage you get Ken's new book, From Paycheck to Purpose. You can simply go to amazon.com, buy it. It'll be in your house in a day or two. Barnes and Noble, bookstores nationwide uh, there as well. Um, so, Ken, one of the other questions I want to ask you about, and I love that you hit on this in the book. And I've been in this situation, connecting versus networking. When I got out and first started my clinic, when I was running my clinic in the past, I had heard somebody say, well, you got to go network. And so there was a few times I would show up at events with, and by the way, I'm, you may not, I mean, you and I've maybe talked about this a little bit, like I'm pretty darn introverted and I am like, I don't like being in bigger, like for me, I like one-on-ones or small groups and that that's like, but it just drains me these big groups. So all that being said, I went to these networking events and I'm like, it just sucked me dry. I'm like, God, I'm so exhausted. I hate this. But then I found out later, uh, I started realizing, you know what? I'm going to just try and uh, act in business as I do in life. And that is, I want to act by serving and loving people. So I just started finding people who needed help and saying, hey, I'm going to create a health plan for you. I'll do it for free or I'll do this or this. And just, just connecting with people, seeing how I could serve them. And I look back over time without that being even my main intent. And all of a sudden I have all of these connections. I'm getting referrals, all this. Talk, talk to me about this because I think that networking is seen almost as like a sleazy bad word sometimes. Like what, yeah. explain to me the difference there. Yeah. You know, it's really, 
the, the concept is good, right? The idea is get out there and connect with people, meet people. I mean, that is, I mean, that's the lifeblood of progress. I mean, that's where connections come from is, is from relationships. Um, and, and opportunities present themselves many times when we are just very intentional to always connect. So what we talk about with, with get connected and connect, not network. So stop networking, start connecting. This is about one thing. This is about the value-based conversation. Th that's the difference. If you go into a networking event, and I'm an extrovert, I'm an extreme extrovert, and I have the same emotion that you had. I'll never forget the first time I went to a broadcasting um, networking event, and this guy comes up to me. I'd been in the room about 30 seconds. He comes up to me, Josh, and he was so excited to see me. And I thought, man, this is brilliant. I'm so glad I came. This guy, this guy's so excited to get to know me and know everything about me. He's going to make some connections. This is great. And, and within 30 seconds, he had, he had figured out that I was a total newbie trying to make it and just get connected, period, in the industry. Had no experience. I wasn't anybody. Couldn't do anything for him. And he immediately started scanning both my right and left shoulder looking for his next victim. And he literally left me hanging. And I call those people, those are vampires. They're literally looking yeah. for what they can suck out of you that will help them. And here's the deal. Anybody who's listening and watching right now, you know somebody like that, and they're disgusting. You can see them coming a mile away. You, may, you feel like you need to take a shower. So here's what you do. Connecting is as intentional as the networking. The difference is it's value-based. So here's what we've got to do. We want to reach out to people who can teach us something. They've got some knowledge or some wisdom that we can get from them. And when we approach them, we simply say, hey, I need your knowledge on this, or I need your wisdom on this decision that I've got to make. Knowledge, again, is facts. Wisdom is they're going to give you their opinion based on their experience and discernment. And when you sit down with somebody like that ahead of time or reach out to them, email, text, whatever, um, always lead with value to them. You are somebody that I admire. I look up to you. I respect your opinion, whatever. Now, immediately, you've put value on that person. And you're not going to do anything for them in the conversation, but you don't have to. And that's the big myth. Well, I can't offer Josh Axe anything. Well, no, 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 no. You don't have to offer him anything. But if you make him feel valued, his opinion, now all of a sudden, he has the opportunity to be valuable. And who doesn't love to share their opinion? And so the idea here is, is that when we go forward humbly, and then we show hunger, we come prepared. We have specific questions to ask. Uh, I'll, I'll brag on you. Uh, the first time you and I met, we had mutual friends. And when we had uh, breakfast together, I'll never forget, you know, I mean, you're a thought leader. I mean, you got, you're, you're a mover and shaker. And I'm coming to meet you for the first time. And you had a notepad and you asked me very specific questions. Might have been off your cell phone. I can't remember if it was a notepad or not. Yeah. But I remember you specifically going, I, I got to ask you some things I want to ask you. And so I've done that as well. And, and that's the key. So when we are connecting, we're not connecting for someone to do us a favor. We're connecting to learn. See, people want to help yep. teach. People will help somebody who are there to learn and to soak up. They're less likely to help somebody who's there for a favor. Yeah. Big difference. So good. I know for myself over the years, as I've had people come to me, maybe it's a doctor who's new in practice and they're trying to get some advice or somebody who wants to do something else. And I, and, and it's exactly what you said. It's for me, here's the thing. If somebody listens intentively and they go and take action with what I shared, that's a gift to me. The fact that I was able to add value to somebody and they went and took, and here's the other crazy thing is 
it's because it's such a rare thing today. Yes. For somebody to go and listen that intently, take everything, come prepare to a meeting and then say, I'm going to go and implement all the things you just said. It's yeah. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. So that person leaves you and you see how humble and hungry they were through the entire conversation. She can't fake that. Okay. Yep. So you go, this is a person who really wanted to learn, who really wanted my wisdom or my knowledge. And boy, that felt great. And here's what happens most of the time. Almost every time you will go out of your way to either A, meet with them again, or B, connect them to somebody else. And that's how, after series of intentional connections, where essentially we are learning, then opportunities come to us when we least expect them. But if you go in going, hey, Josh, I got to tell you eight things about myself with the hopes that I'm going to impress you enough to where you pick up the phone. No, it doesn't work that way. Can I just hire somebody who wanted to sit down and get advice from me? This was, you know, months ago and I ended up hiring them. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Why? Tell, but tell us why. There was something on your mind, a position opened and you thought of them. Why? Well, let me give you, so, so, so she, she came in and uh, just asked for some business advice. She had her own business and, um, and she, she, she came with all these questions. And also she came to me and said, like, I couldn't believe how much she knew. She had watched every video I'd ever, you know, all these done. She said this, she said this. And then I saw her going and taking action. She followed up with me saying, Hey, I just did all these things you told me to. Hey, I seen great success. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, and I thought of just a month later, I was like, I have this position. Wow. She'd be perfect. You know, so that's yeah. How it happened. Yeah. So awesome. thing again, so here's an example, folks. The right connection means that opportunities eventually show up on our door. And she got a call from you or somebody on your team one day when she least expected it. Yep. And by the way, she might have had every intention to eventually work for you, <laughs> but she didn't, but she didn't come across that way. No, it's true. So this stuff is this stuff is not very complex. To your point, very few people do this. And that's really why we call this the art of connecting. It is an art form by which we lead with learning always, which provides value to the other person. That's the key takeaway. Yeah, so good. Hey guys, a lot of people ask me what supplements I take regularly. And one of the top three products I take every single day is SBO Probiotics from Ancient Nutrition. It's the whole food supplement brand I co-founded with Jordan Rubin. Now, I talk about my passion for SBOs, also known as soil-based organisms, frequently. In general, SBO probiotics are so important because they are shelf-stable probiotics that are naturally resistant to the harsh environment of our upper digestive tract and our stomach. Now, Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics support a healthy digestive system and your immune system. Plus, we add superfoods and herbs for an extra boost. And by the way, that's key. The herbs with the probiotics together, that's the ancient way to create a healthy gut and digestive system. Check out Ancient Nutrition's SBO Probiotics online or in store today. You know, one of the other things, and you had mentioned this earlier, um, but I think a lot of times people procrastinate. And I guess another question along with that is, what are some of the most important characteristics people need to cultivate in order to be, you know, to be successful? Yeah. Yeah. So I love this. So stage five of the seven stages, and we unveil all seven stages to doing what you were born to do in this book. And so stage five is get promoted. And I just have looked at my own journey. As you know, I've been privileged to interview many, many successful men and women, and I've just taken notes. I'm a big student of history. 
And so I really outline in detail five qualities. Now, here's what's exciting about these qualities, Josh, okay? Because you're a personal growth junkie and so am I. If you were to grade yourself today on a scale of one to 10 and zero being you have nothing, you, you're awful, and 10 being you are amazing, no matter where you are on the scale, you can become a 10 in all five of these qualities, which is really cool. These are all qualities that we can develop and hone. The first one is likable. So I'll run through all five real quick and we'll go through them. So first is likable, second is coachable, uh, third is reliable, fourth is adaptable, and fifth is honorable. So likable, okay, I think we all get that, but you'd be surprised at how few people really work on their likability factor. You know, like as I'm interacting in the office and, and with clients um, in my leadership, am I a likable person? Now, I don't have to be extrovert, life of the party, always the guy with the joke. But the reality is, is do people feel very pleasant in my presence? That's likable. Number two is coachable. Now, there's two key things here that make a person coachable. The first is, do you receive instruction well? And the second is, do you receive correction well? So instruction, we all have to, at some point, you know, we're just talking about this, this young lady that you hired. You guys are going to teach her how you want things done in that position. You teach her, this is how we do it at Ancient Nutrition. So there's always going to be instruction on every level of the ladder that we climb. Do we receive it well or are we Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all? Well, you know, okay, just receive instruction well. And then the second thing is correction. There are times where we all have to deal with confrontation from our leader because we blew it. Uh, it may have been a true mistake. It may have been, uh, you know, a, a bull in a china shop, personal interaction at the office, you know, whatever it is. And when we have to be corrected, do we own our crap and do we work on it and get better? So a coachable person handles instruction and correction well. Third, reliable. Don't need to spend a lot of time on this. Your yes is your yes. Your no is your no. When people count on you to deliver on a project, you do. You're reliable. People can count on you. Uh, fourth, and by the way, LinkedIn said in 2020 that this was the most desirable quality for hiring managers, and it's adaptable. Wow. And you get this. I mean, your company, our company, every company I know went through massive seismic changes in 2020. Yes. And so adaptability is just a big, long word that means you're good with change. And change is really scary for a lot of people. Um, there are certain types of change that freak everybody out, right? We all have some type of change in our life that we're not comfortable with. So adaptability is, it's an attitude of the company needs me to change for the greater good, for the mission, and I'm going to figure out a way to adapt. My reality has changed. Instead of sucking my thumb or taking my ball and going home, I'm going to adapt. That leads to the final quality, and that is honorable. This is integrity. Pretty simple, right? We're going to respect men and women in the workplace, the way we treat and talk to people. We're going to be people of integrity. Uh, we're not going to steal from our company. We're not going to be lying all the time. We're not going to be disrespectful. Whatever that situation is, we're going to be honorable. So those five qualities, here's what I know. As I said at the beginning, you can develop all of those to where you're a 10 in all of them. And let me tell you this. If you do that, you will never have a problem being promoted. Leaders will look, they will search you out and go, we want to move you up there because all five of those qualities, that's what leaders are looking for. Those are the qualities of leaders. And that's what companies are built upon, men and women who have those character qualities. 
Yeah, I love it, Ken. And I think going back to this too, again, I think character is such an important part and something I think people are missing. I think we think so much about skill today and forget about the importance of character. I know you go through that in your book, Cultivating Character Skills, Finding Your Unique Gifts, all these different areas. I want to encourage everybody, go grab a copy of Ken's book today. It's from paycheck to purpose. You can go on Amazon, just search Ken Coleman or paycheck to purpose. Go to Barnes and Noble. It's in bookstores nationwide if you want to go in and grab one. Ken, give us a little bit more of a breakdown of what people can expect from your book. Yeah. So there are seven stages, Josh, that I've outlined that'll take any person. I don't care if you want to be just somebody who has a solid job as an administrative assistant, or you want to own your own HVAC company, or you want to be a pastor, or you want to uh, be a CEO. The seven stages are this. Get clear. Get qualified get connected, get started, get promoted, get the dream job, give yourself away. And so what we do is we walk you through the stages and think of it as though you're climbing a mountain, you get to your professional pinnacle, which is the dream job. You and I both are in our dream job. But what happens in stage six? And then why did I add a seventh stage? Give yourself away. The reason is, is because remember, we started off this whole conversation saying that every man and woman on the planet longs to make a difference, to make a contribution to this world. So when I get in the dream job and you and I, again, both in our dream jobs, but if you've ever (laughs) sat and listened to one of Josh and I's breakfast, we're always dreaming. The dream now expands. Here's why. You and I were going like this for a long time. Then we got to the pinnacle and then what do we do? Well, then we changed our view. We weren't looking up anymore. Now we're looking out. Uh, I write about this in the final chapter of the book, Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man to to scale Mount Everest. I mean, think about how hard it was back then. Think about how much science and equipment and everything has evolved. Okay, it's crazy, right? So he climbs Mount Everest and he gets to the top and his his climbing uh, partner, a Sherpa, later recorded that after they had been up there for just a few minutes, as he was doing what any of us would do at the top of Mount Everest after a long climb like that, you're just kind of taking it all in and and we're looking around and he looks at another mountain range and he points it out to his climbing partner. He says, that's the next one we're going to scale. Well, this is the human condition. Wow. So stage six, I get the dream job, but I don't turn myself into a guy who lays in the hammock and drinks sweet tea all day long and reminisces on how great my job is. No, I'm now looking to work for legacy. That final stage is giving myself away. The income is there. And now it's all about impact. So this whole book is about helping you figure out how to make the income and the impact that you want and to see how many different ways in the marketplace, in the workplace, where you can do what you were created to do and get to the end of your life and look back and reminisce, not regret. And that's my sole professional purpose is to help as many men and women as possible realize that they were created to work. And as we were talking about earlier, this has health impacts. You can go on forever, but it also has relationship impacts. The man or woman who is on purpose in their work is going to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better brother, sister. And so you can't ignore what God created you to do and think you're going to have a healthy life, whether it be healthy financially, healthy physically, or healthy professionally. Yeah, I I love it. I love this book. I want to encourage you, everybody run out and get Ken's book. It's called From Paycheck to Person. Also think about uh, if you're a parent or you're uh, somebody who knows somebody, we all do, 
who, hey, needs a little advice about their career. Maybe they have a job they don't like. Hey, buy this book for them. Pass on the gift of purpose to people out there today by getting them this book. And also, by the way, you can, uh, I want to encourage you to listen to Ken's podcast. It is absolutely fantastic. He also has a syndicated radio show. You can just go online and search Ken Coleman. You can also find him at Ramsey Solutions. And again, Ken has been a good friend of mine for, uh, for, for several years now. And he's a person who I go to at advice for my own career and my own business. So I want to say thanks again, uh, Ken, so much for coming on. Josh, appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. I'll be back next week with another show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.